Did ABC send a big old double-birded bedlam message to Paul Feinbaum? Let's hear what Gundy has to say about this. All of that and more right about now. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. Thank you for making this your first choice here on Locked On Oklahoma State to obtain your healthy dose of Oklahoma State info. Today, we're partially brought to you by Sling TV with over 85,000 on demand channels as well as live TV as an option and over 50 hours of DVR-capable recording. Go to Sling TV right now and figure out which portion of their packaging is going to work best for you. Yes, guys, Gundy, sometimes, you know, he can be frustrating. I mean, not to say that it can't be said of every single coach, but it's equally frustrating at times. There's moments that, you know, just there's a lot of frustration. But the times that you you love his candidness like this one are you know the reasons that he does gain uh, uh, so much admiration from the fan base saying uh in his his most recent interview that you know playing at night doesn't have the same type of feel that it used to uh which you know he's he's not wrong um so it's not as big of a deal as maybe it used to be but it's still a pretty big deal and them getting the ABC primetime slot at 7.30 uh, at a game that people like Paul Feinbaum wanted to say that it's just a little old bedlam. Who cares? Nobody cares. You know, Gundy said maybe that's a, that's a signal to people like Paul Feinbaum that they don't know what they're talking about. And he's very, very true. It very well could be that. I mean, it's some sort of message, right? Because, you know, usually you are talking about a bedlam with massive implications at the end of the season that, you know, usually has a huge bearing on who moves forward into the big tall title race. And as we, you know, kind of found out recently, it's going to take a lot for Oklahoma state to get in, but as long as we take care of business and some crazy things happen around us, which is very possible in this crazy big 12, that it is possible. So basically we're playing to continue this trajectory of, you know, at least nine, 10 wins um, and maybe having a shot at that big 12 title or, oh, you could uh, derail our season in Norman. But, you know, you, you got to feel like regardless of where we're at depth wise, um, if Spencer Sanders is good to go to play, then Oklahoma State is better than OU by a pretty significant margin this season, I would say, Right. If, if, if it were just me and I, lo- I loved his comments, right? I love taking a direct shot at Paul Feinbaum. Um, yeah, that guy does. He, he's always been a big time mouthpiece, right? But, but the more, I don't know, famous, you could say he got, it seemed to be that he was a little bit more willing to talk about other schools and other conferences as, you know, being not necessarily equal, but 
on the same uh, footing, maybe as as a lot of the, the SEC. But this last couple of comments, you know, like his one about Bedlam doesn't mean anything. This is a beautiful move by ABC to just remind people that it is a big game. It always it's been a big game for for quite some time now, and it will remain a big game. There's it's inevitable at some point in time we're going to run into them again, and it's going to be epic when it happens, whenever that happens. Um, you know, maybe in other sports, we'll continue to do the bedlam, uh, which, which will be fun. But yeah, this is a big deal. And the fact that it's kind of coming to an end makes it an even bigger deal, really. And this was a very, very bold move by ABC, but I absolutely loved it. I love Gundy's comments about it. Speaking of Gundy's comments, let's kind of dive into some of that a little bit more. You know, there's a big difference. He was a little bit more candid. He got a little snippy with a reporter, I noticed. Uh, but I think it was just that reporter uh, because when he's not feeling it, right, and he has nothing to say, he does a 15-minute interview. And this this time he does a 35-minute interview, 34-something. Um, and, and I completely understand it, right? You don't necessarily want to go up on a podium and talk to a bunch of people and explain a bunch of things that happen to equally lost. Like, I completely get that. But this 34, 35-minute Gundy, is like this is that's fun that's good for you know back and forth it's good for fodder it's good for newspaper material it's good for journalists it's just and it keeps the fan base more engaged because like when you hear from uh mike boynton and if you haven't heard uh from jc Hoyt, you absolutely need to but there's so engaging i guess is the right frame uh, of mindset uh, but not only that, they're very open and transparent about what is happening, when it's happening, and why it's happening, and what they're doing in practice to fix it, and what mistakes they made, X, Y, and Z. So, you know, I, the, the breath of fresh air that you have in watching Boynton and uh, J.C. Hoyt have interviews, it's different than Gundy. But, you know, this side of Gundy was good. Um, he basically, you know, went over some of the grading again with Gundy, you have to read between the lines quite often and do, you know, a multitude of things to ensure that you got pretty good understanding of what, what, what he's shooting for. And basically he said the game plan offensively was terrible. Famous word, Charles Barkley, terrible. Um, yeah, it just, it didn't work. They had to scrap it, but they couldn't scrap it right after halftime, because what they knew they could do with Gunnar Gundy, that's what was already in the package. And Iowa State, A, is is just so daggone good um, on defense. It's, you, you got you got to give credit credits due, you know. But at the same time, we, we didn't really give ourselves opportunities to rush the ball effectively, given some of the things they were doing defensively and our inability to adapt and overcome right then and there on the spot. When you saw the difference was when Spencer went in the game because then they could say, you know what, let's trash this whole playbook idea for this game and let's go back to what Spencer's been doing for the last few years. That's the beauty of having um, a veteran quarterback. I don't mind, right? A veteran quarterback's huge for any any team. My only ask is if we're going to have a Spencer Sanders at home, right? And, you know, there's a pretty good opportunity. Spencer Sanders is coming back next season. Let's let him, you know, make some some decisions. Uh, because if you're going to give him the keys to the offense, 
then just let him have all of the offense, right? The, the turn signals, the blinker fluid. <laughs> For those, never mind. Yeah, you, you guys will get it. But everything you need, you got to have at your disposal. So, you know, from, from that standpoint, I get it. I do like him legit, legit calling out the offensive game plan as being trash. He called himself out because he's a major part of the punt unit. And this is the second punt we've had blocked, and we didn't have a lot of punts blocked for a long time. And then the last punt, you know, uh, may have caused a little bit of the uh, issue with Tom Hutton. And that's a big loss. Like, no matter how you want to present it, that is a big loss to the season because the way he could place the ball – you can even see on the punt coverages, punt return coverages. Our guys are so used to running to certain areas and the ball being there that that's why we down so many. So it's not that Logan Ward necessarily kicked bad. He didn't. But the few times we had the ability to down it inside the five or the ten, the ball bounced a little bit further away than the guys were. So obviously our guys are just so preconditioned to, all right, the ball's going to land here, right? That shows you how much of a weapon he is. Um, but again, you know, Logan Ward did pretty good. So you, you got to give hats off there. Um, yeah, you, you know, the grading on the D was was really good. They had a good game plan and they played good. They filled their gaps. They were much more responsible uh, as far as, you know, where to hit the right holes and when to hold, you know, up on the defensive ends and defensive tackles. Obviously, communication was a lot better. So, yeah, you wanted to see that step forward against the team that you thought maybe offensively was going to give you some opportunities to, you know, weed through some of the growing pains. And I think that's exactly what, what happened. Um, yeah, guys, Gunnar Gunny did not play bad. Did he light the world on fire? No, he did not. He had some big plays. He had some dumb plays. He made some good decisions, made some bad decisions. I don't think that you know, it's any reason to say that he cannot come in when need be and get the job done. Guys, speaking of getting the job done, as you know, this, this cold starts to come around, it always shows you fun little things about your vehicle you didn't really know beforehand. And God's honest truth, sometimes it's better just to trade the vehicle in. Sometimes it's better just to get yourself in a good situation moving forward, which is why one of our sponsors today is Nissan. The thrilling new lineup of, East, of Nissan at the moment is intended to empower drivers and vehicles as capable as themselves. Pursue what thrills you in an all-new Frontier Armada Pathfinder, which are all available right now at NissanUSA.com. Again, Check out NissanUSA.com to find what thrills you. Okay, so yeah, the the you know the hay is in the barn, as they say. The plan that we're going to put forth towards Bedlam is obviously we're going to be more pumped up and invigorated and ready to rock and roll. I'm excited to see what they put forth because this is a year that we should we should beat OU by. More than 10, right? I feel like if we play at our best, well, if we play at our best and they play at their best, we win by 13, 14, right? But it's going to take obviously more than we saw in, in last week. But even though there's a little bit of this bedlam, that it's not as crazy it used to be. That's another thing Gundy brought up, which I wanted to touch on because he's very, very true when he says, 
that back in his day, and I'm, you know, I'm 35, so I'm halfway in between. <laughs> but even back in my day, um, it was you played the whole game, right? You didn't, you didn't get swapped off and on and off and on and off and on, and. Your rivals was your rivals. We didn't talk to them. Matter of fact, our biggest rival, it was my junior year um, in Stillwater. We had a student get stabbed in the bathroom by somebody from our biggest rival. And then, so obviously when we played them in football that year, there was a big fight. But we were in the locker rooms getting on the buses. So obviously we weren't a part of it. But my senior year, there was a basketball game up in uh, at our rival's home. And because of the craziness that had been going on, it was crazy. When we walked into the uh, the, the visitor's arena, there's crap tons and crap tons and crap tons of cops lining the entrance. And it was the same at the exit, right? And instead of stuff getting kind of crazy, everybody met up at the local Sonic. And I remember a guy in the back of a, a truck, one of, a, a buddy of mine that ran track, he got dragged off the bed of the truck with a chain around his neck. And that's just what it was. We didn't hang out with them. We didn't like them. We didn't go up there to, you know, be buddies. The only reason you went up to that town was to play a game or get in a fist fight. That's it. Nowadays, um, it is different, right? And Gunny talked about that. It's still bedlam. It's still a big deal. There is a lot of bragging rights. But it means more for the fans and the staff now than it does for the kids. To, to me, it's kind of sad that it's gotten that way, but I think social media is a big influence there. I remember me personally, okay, when I found out that Mason Rudolph and Baker Mayfield were buddies that went to like Florida and stuff together. I was not a fan. I was not a fan at all. I absolutely hated it. I could not stand that Mason Rudolph was hanging out with Baker Mayfield. Um, but that was a sign of things to come, even back then, right? And I think I saw the tea leaves then. It's like, okay, this is going to become somewhat normal uh, because, you know, I don't know. It just, it's not the same. You don't hate people. I hate the strong word. Okay, you don't strongly dislike people so much that you'd rather punch them in the face than go out to eat with them. It's just, it's just a different age. Um, but I do think that, it is interesting that it is probably more about the fans and the staff, the ones that, you know, it just because we have to go to work and have the back and forth with OU fans and vice versa. You know, it's the same all, all the way around. But, you know, these kids get along for the most part now. So before the game, after the game, they're going to be cool. Um, you know, you, you, there's going to be some animosity during the game. For the Okies, it's going to mean more, obviously. So maybe there will be a couple of 15-yarders by a couple of local fellows on both sides of the ball. This is what it is. Uh, I don't, Gunny didn't really sound – he was indifferent, it felt, as in whether he liked it or not. Uh, I don't think he would have been bringing it up if he didn't think that it wasn't at least – I don't know. Not It's not as intense as it used to be. And, uh, yeah, so I, it's got to have some sort of effect um, because it just, I don't know, you know, you, you cannot have 
this kind of rivalry and it'd be 100% all about the players. It's always been about the fans, just even more so now. And I thought that was a very interesting thing to bring up that he's probably right. You know, uh, I love his comments about Feinbaum. I thought his kind of, he didn't go for grades, but basically the defense played pretty well, had a good game plan, executed the game plan, filled their gaps, filled, filled their holes, you know, didn't have a lot of missed assignments. This is pretty squared away. Offensively, nothing was working. And it took until Spencer coming in before Gundy could say, oh, oh my Atlanta, let's not do this stuff anymore. Let's just do what we know works and what we know has worked with Spencer over the last three, four years. And that's what they were able to do. And they decided to completely abandon the run, which again, that I don't understand. Why not more traps and counters and, you know, I don't know. I just, the way we're using our offensive line and our running backs, it's not very cohesive. They're just, it, it's not working in conjunction together very well. Uh, so, you know, it's been something we've been talking about getting uh, addressed for a large portion of the season, yet we're still in the same spot. So I, you know, I don't think we need to harp on the coaching changes that are very clearly needed. So we're not going to, you know, necessarily spend a lot of time there. So before we skedaddle on out of here, I did want to hop over to some basketball news. Um, yeah, if you didn't see, the Cowboys looked like a legitimate potential March running basketball team. Um, what we did to a pretty good Oakland squad, right, who'd won back-to-back-to-back uh, -back -to -back games at home against other Power 5 schools, you know, they're, they're, they beat us last year. They're a good team, and we put a thumping on them. 91 to 62 took him behind the woodshed and led for most of the game. Caleb Boone almost has a double, double. Musu Cisse does have a double, double with 11 and 10 um, Bryce Thompson. You know, he did a lot of sneaky things. He hasn't really found his, his shot precisely like, like, you know, he's going to, or at least we hope he will. Um, but you know, he, he chips in in big, big moments. There's a, a pass down court, uh, the length of the court. That was just, it was an absolute dime. It was a dime level. Mason Rudolph, Spencer Sanders, over your shoulder. It was a pretty, pretty move. And it's a heads up play for him to be able to make those kind of plays happen. Um, but overall, Avery led with 18 points and seven assists. Uh, he chipped in with a few rebounds as well. Um, Bryce got a few rebounds. Tyreek Smith chipped in with uh, eight points and looked pretty good doing so. Um... Yeah, guys, John Michael Wright might be that guy. He has four trays, chips in another 16 points. Um, Asbury looked pretty good, right? He was able to knock down a few threes. Chris Harris had a few threes. It was just all in all, it was a really good performance. Um, again, a lot of lobs. But the best part is how many lobs we missed, right? And the bench coming up, Caleb Asbury's 13 points. It's a, I feel like that's a pretty good deal, um, pretty big deal. To know that we're out, Woody, Newton, and other guys like Caleb Asbury stepped up when they needed to. We needed to kind of set an example that we're, we're, we're re-engaged. Uh, we understand. We, we let one drop that we shouldn't have. Uh, mistakes, missing free throws. 
you only have to shoot 10 free throws. Uh, it's it's good to be 90%, right? That's a good stat to have. You'd rather that than anything else be happening. So the fast break points uh, came up with 19 points off the fast break. Uh, we shot 54% from the field and 52% from three-point range. 52%. We haven't made over 10 threes. Uh, it's been only a couple times in the last, like, decade. Uh, I know uh, some time ago we did it to Oakland, uh, ironically enough. But hitting that many threes, that's not a luck thing. That's a putting extra time in the gym when it matters the most thing. So that was really good to see. The team, obviously, you know, they worked well together. Tyreek Smith is kind of like, uh, you know, he's a good he's a good glue guy. Caleb Asbury is a good piece to have. John Michael Wright can manage the floor. Watching turnovers would be something moving forward. But, you know, he, he can run the floor. He can manage the floor. We're still missing a lot of lobs while still getting a lot of lobs. This alley-oop thing we've got with Boone and Cissé, you know, it's it, what do you do if you're a team that decides to shut down one? Well, then you got to pay attention to John Michael Wright and Avery Anderson and Bryce Thompson and now Caleb Asbury on the outside. It's a it's a beautiful beautiful thing to see come down the pipeline. Again, working through the bigs, uh, it's it's really fun to to watch. It's uh, pretty pretty cool to see. I think that the Lob City, Lob Stilly thing will grow even more legs as the season progresses. Because, again, just like film study will indicate, they're going to know they missed some of those too. So that adds to the fast break points. Uh, it adds to how many opportunities you're having at the foul line. So it, it does nothing but equal positives. So I cannot wait for that to happen. Keep watching out. We'll play again Friday. Uh, we'll stay with it because. Again, this has got to be a season that lives up to the hype. And I think the hype train has already kicked in, so there's nothing you can do about it. So let's just embrace it and make it happen. Before we hit women's basketball, uh, I want everybody to make sure that you download the Upside app because with potential cashback earnings and uh, retail purchase help, plus the, the, the gas in your tank being vitally important to your everyday travels, do yourself a favor. Get the Upside app right now. Get $5 or more back on your first $10 or more purchase. Again, download the Upside app with, uh, obviously, Locked On being your code. Again, that is your ability to find the Upside in everyday driving. Go to Upside right now. And get yourself squared away. So here we are. Women's basketball, comparable to men's basketball, looked absolutely amazing. What J.C. Hoyt has going here is magical. This is going to be a fun ride. I, I, I haven't been this excited. Uh, Lior Garzon comes off the bench and drops 14. And the beauty about having something like Lior is she's not the only scorer. You know, Lexi... Chips in uh, 13, Trinity Jackson chips in 13. Um, yeah, we spread it around well. And we still haven't seen, all not, it's kind of like, you know, we haven't seen the Bryce Thompson really get crazy. Laura Garzon is a shooter. So she can bridge the gap for us, kind of like John Michael Wright is. So there's a lot of similarities. The difference is the women's team's undefeated. 
and they're looking very salty in doing so. If you haven't checked out J.C. Hoyt, I implore you, I implore you to do so. She's She ain't going nowhere. She's going to be a mainstay for quite some time. I really feel it. And I feel like basketball got things turned around. Football got things turned around. It's all trending in the right direction. This is all good news. Uh, which is, you know, it's good to get off this, this bad streak we were on. The state of Kansas, we deserve some get back in basketball. So be prepared, Bill Self, inside the fog. We might be on a redemption tour with the round ball. Guys, I want to thank you again for stopping by for your cowboy and cowgirl news and making Locked On Oklahoma State your daily stop. Until tomorrow, I love you all. God bless. Go Pokes.